This is Nadia from the Relativity Podcast and you're listening to Discussing Who. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and I want to start out by saying, if you have not seen Fugitive of the Jadoon, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning started this episode of Discussing Who off with a bang. And I think that's what this is going to be, like breaking the glass or whatever you want to call it. But I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm well, and very excited to talk about this extraordinary episode of Doctor Who. Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad to have Lee here with us because he made it out of the episode better than his namesake in the episode. I did indeed. (laughs) So I also want to welcome back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing great, man. And that might be the earliest uh, spoiler warning we've ever gotten an episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it seems appropriate because we're we're bound to spread out the top. Yes, exactly. So if you haven't figured out yet, we are reviewing Fugitive of the Jadoon. It is the episode of Doctor Who that aired on the 26th of January 2020. And I have some feedback, though, before we actually get into it from a previous episode. I think it was in our last episode with Nicole when we were talking about the doctor wiping the memories of the two ladies from the series opening. But she didn't wipe the memory from the gentleman from the last Mm -hmm. episode. So, Mart, excuse me, the gentleman's name is Matt Go Stiles, and he has a very good point of view that I want to read to you. He says, another great one, I think the doc needed to wipe Ada and Noor's memory as they had not yet made their reputation, unlike Tesla and Edison, who were already well established. Had she not done it, people could say that Ada and Noor's contributions were due to their experience with the doctor. I like that. Cool. That's very good. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, Edison and Tesla are, are already Edison and Tesla. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, huh. Very good. And I, I yeah. loved that this came on Twitter. So to Matt Go Styles, my cup of hot chocolate, I salute you. So thank you mm-hmm. very much. Caps off. Yes, indeed. So, Lee, I don't have any other items in the news except for one item that you have to share with us. So why don't you take the news? We have yet another five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and this comes from someone who signs their name Vanilla MC. Maybe that's that's Vanilla Mac. No, Vanilla (laughs) MC, yes. And Vanilla MC says the following. I love podcasts that can explore episodes and other topics from their own unique angle. Discussing who does not disappoint. Kyle asks great questions. And all three gentlemen try to be as positive as they can while offering honest, thoughtful, and refreshing opinions. You can tell they love the show and they have fun together. Highly recommend. Isn't nice. that fabulous? Yeah, nice. and once again, it's it's somebody 
who who gets it, who really gets what we're trying to do. And uh, I especially love that uh, this person called out our positivity and uh, and the fact that we we you know we love the show. Yes, it's, cool. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we have to like everything, but you know. When the day is done, we love the show. So, so thank you, Vanilla MC. And of course, we uh, would love uh, to hear from more people. That's how we learn. That's how we yeah. how we get better at what we're doing. So, Apple Podcasts, or leave us a review and a rating anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. I love the fact that people are going out on Apple podcast and reviewing us because that does help us get discovered. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And like Lee said, we would love to have anyone else who's listening and who has not done that do that because we will read it on the show. Yeah. And I'll just add, like, if you also want to contact us on Twitter, it's at discussing who on Twitter. So leave us feedback there as well. Pretty easy. Very (laughs) interesting, Mr. Brown, that you said that because as we lead into our review Dwayne F. from Twitter has left us some feedback on this particular episode, and he says, I am interested to hear your thoughts in, on this turn of events in Fugitive of the Jadun. <laughs> I mm. love the lighthouse tie-in to the Ark. The, a fob watch would have been too easy, but it smells like the master. Of course, I could have been confused by someone's cologne. Mm. And we know who that someone is. (laughs) And I want to just start off before we get into our summary view and say two words or three words. Captain Jack Harkness. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I I was giddy as a schoolgirl. <laughs> uh, seeing seeing uh, John Barrowman back, I I, I I absolutely loved it. Now, um, it's too bad it. they killed him in the end. Of course, yeah, that's like, too we, bad. Yeah, we don't know how he's going to play into the bigger story. Did he die? Did he just get teleported away? I, I don't know. He got eaten by nanobots. He's dead. But he comes yeah. back. We know he's Jack. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's Jack. He's Jack. But let's get into the summary view, just off the top yes. summary. And Lee, why don't you go first? How did you like this episode? Well, I ended it with my head spinning. And um, just uh, it's been a long time since I've been on the edge of my seat watching a, a Doctor Who and just going, what? What's what's happening? What's, you know, the the thrill of this script, just just thrilling. And, uh, and of course, punching the air when uh, we saw who had uh, – beamed graham aboard and uh and i could not help think this is wonderful this is talk about fan service i've been saying for years that i've always wished we could have a doctor who with tesla in it so i got the episode i wanted and this week clarence got the episode he's been asking yes, for yes indeed. <laughs> so what's next river song so <laughs> hey we don't want too much fan service now you know this this isn't the rise of scout no, but it, it, <laughs> <laughs> no but it, but if they're, they're clearly making the show for the three of us now so you know yeah the, the next logical thing is river song anyway but no it's just we're, we're cracking good fun what a what a thrill this episode was so how about y'all uh, Clarence Brown, what's say? Man, this, I felt like I was in a different era for this episode. <laughs> it hit on everything I loved about Doctor Who. Um, this ongoing mis- mystery, um, you know, touching, uh, elements from the past. I mean, just everything about it. I think if I had one complaint about it, uh, it, it would have to be, you know, I, 
I talk about you guys talking about the music all the time and how it doesn't resonate with me. But this is the first time I felt like everything was there except the music. If the music had been a little bit differently, I would have been even more amped for it. Mm. But 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 as it goes, though, I mean, I love this episode. Um, what a mystery. Chibnall, I, I can't believe it. You, yes. You did it. You did it. And you did it well. <laughs> you maniac. <laughs> oh, so so here's what I find really, really interesting. As many weeks as I have been sitting here complaining about the music and missing Murray Gold, yeah. I actually paid attention to the music. I actually recognized some of the music that was playing for the first time, I think. So mm-hmm. the, So that's weird that you brought that up. And this is the actual first time. So, so that tells me that music resonates differently with different people. Now it could be because I don't think that I made reference to this on the last episode that we recorded while we were actually recording, but I actually watched the episode wearing my new hearing aids and uh, I may have uh, paid attention to the music more uh, candidly because I could maybe hear the music. Yeah. And, and, and for me, uh, I guess it's the fact that everything felt so much like an old Doctor Who, old New Who episode. And the 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 music was the only missing element for me. <laughs> because you were missing Murray Go. I think I reckon so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about our good captain. So my question becomes at the point that Graham is spirited away. When did you realize Jack's back? Either Man, the instant I heard his voice. Yes. What a great way to introduce him. Not, you know, show him first, but just hear that voice come in over the <laughs> the calm system. Yeah, just uh, you should, if you could have seen my eyes, how big they were. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. is even going on? What? That sounded like Captain Jack. <laughs> yes. So, so, so it's funny you, you that you said the thing about the eyes right before we started recording. And, and let me say this about the episode. I will say that some of these episodes in Series 11 and Series 12 so far, Spyfall being a little bit different because I easily watched it two times. This is the first episode since Series 10 that we were reviewing, especially toward the end of, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Series 10 that we were reviewing that I would go and like on my lunch break today, I went out to my car and sat in the car and watched the episode again. (laughs) I mean, that's what I did for my lunch break was watch it again. And I've seen certain scenes of this probably 10 times already, (laughs) but, but back to Jack, what did you guys think? of him and Graham's interaction, specifically what he said to Graham, literally thinking Graham's the doctor. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And it's funny that that's become like a running joke, isn't it? People assuming that Graham must be the doctor. Indeed. So Clarence, what did you think? Uh, The same, the same. Uh, It's just a running thing where everybody thinks that Graham is the doctor, the person in charge, you know? So, uh, but, you know, <laughs> but nobody else has kissed him. Uh, as a <laughs> well, you know, it's this classic Jack. You know, that's kind exactly. of what you expect, there, right? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the one. Yeah, I was, I was not surprised at all. But yeah, that's what that's what Jack does. You know, 
And just seeing John Barrowman back in that element, you know, it's a little bit different for me seeing him this time because I've actually seen him on stage a few feet away from me in person, a few feet away from me in person for the first time. And I see how eccentric and, you know, magnetic his personality is. And uh, it's just a joy to see him back on screen. And how overpowering his personality can be when you're standing there trying to ask him a question and you're looking down at him. <laughs> I mean, looking up at him on the stage and you're like, blip, 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 blip. You got it out, man. You yeah. got it out. <laughs> One thing I really, really loved about this was the sheer joy that Jack had on his face when Graham actually said, oh, no, he's a she now. And that... Oh, oh, this I've got to see. This I got to see. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to add, it's, it's, it's funny how Jack is being Jack and the the companions are there and kind of like, what, who, who is this guy? What is going on? Who's this cheesy, cheesy man? This is kind of in shock. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's take the story of Jack or Jack's part through the duration of the story and let's talk about it now. So let's think about when your other two companions arrive. You've got Ryan, you've got Yaz arriving and the interactions um, with with him. So it, it was just obvious to me or it felt obvious to me. So he's looking at Yaz saying, okay, are you the doctor? He's kind of checking Ryan out and kind of looking at Ryan but one of the best lines that I thought was a throwback that wasn't a throwback was when Ryan kind of made reference to him being cheesy. Mm-hmm. And then that reminded me, didn't Mickey call him Captain Cheesecake? I think so. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. And, and and Jack corrects him. You mean beefcake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, here, here's the exchange because this is one of the things I wrote down. Oh, she likes him mouthy then, huh? Yeah, one up from cheesy. Okay, he's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. What do you guys think of the fact that we didn't see probably what everybody was waiting to see, that we don't see the doctor and Jack come face to face? Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping they'd get together before he, uh, before he died forever. But, um, I don't Mm, know. But he's always there when they need him, when she needs him. Yeah, it, it was a nice tease, wasn't it? I mean, we, we sort of kept adding companions. Said, "Okay, now he's going to get the duck." Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, he's always dreamed of this. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about his prophecy or his warning? More so than a prophecy, beware yeah. the lone Cyberman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, the future of the universe is at stake. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I really have no idea where that particular prophecy is going. But again, like, I think it's just cool to see a uh, tie to the past. Just jump in for a minute. Really un- inconsequential. He really didn't do anything to help the overall arc of the episode. He just kind of dropped in and chatted with the companions, dropped the message, and he was out. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. He is, he is there to, to give us this, uh, exposition and, uh, yeah. yeah. And and that we're, when, she, when she encounters the lone Cyberman to not give him what he wants. Indeed. Which sounds easy, but I'm thinking this is going to be a mm. Thanos-Gamora kind of situation or something like that where, she, yeah, 
easier oh. said than done. Right. We have to kind of weigh the cost of it and go, oh, wow. I didn't expect it to be that, but, you know. Ironically, the same thing I'm going to be telling my daughter in a few years. So, uh, so don't get them what they want. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I sorry. had to back up. Sorry, to, yeah, sorry. You. sorry. Yeah. No, but, but 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 that's true. That is so true. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, let me ask about the ship that Jack was traveling on. Any mm-hmm. thoughts or observations on the ship? Well, I think he's stolen it from the Jadoon, which is a reminder that we haven't really talked about them yet. <laughs> <laughs> we skipped right into the middle of the episode, um, but wasn't that your sense that that was why that was why he's there because the Judoon are chasing him in addition to everything else they're doing? I didn't think that. Oh Judoon. no, he, he's trying to reach the doctor. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, I I thought something was chasing him, obviously, and and, and I may have glossed over it being mm-hmm. the Judoon, but mm-hmm. I didn't take it being a Judoon ship. Yeah, it it really feels out of place, um, and I I really couldn't tell like what to, he was obviously looking like he was running from somebody, but but he came to the ship to meet them and then left. I, I really don't know. I'm hoping that what we're going to get is by the end of this season or maybe early next season, we're going to see the scene surrounding that, and it's, we're going to see the full thing play out, and we're going to be mind blown. Oh, that would be cool, and. Go back and look at that ship uh, again, and I'm actually, since I'm saying go back and look at it, I'm actually going back and looking at it. There is something about this ship that Jack is on that makes me think old school, big TARDIS uh, console at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, it struck me that way, too. Um, yeah, just because there was a console like that. And, and, I mean, you know, it may not be, room otherwise. but it just felt very TARDIS console-ish. Yeah. All right. So before we move to the Jadoon platoon that was located close to the moon. No, by a lagoon. By a lagoon. A lagoon <laughs> on the moon, maybe. <laughs> it's more of a canal, really. Yeah. <laughs> so before we move to them, any other final thoughts on Jack? Yeah. Just happy to see him. Let's move to the Jadoon platoon on the lagoon in the moon. So there you go. Thoughts of seeing the the updated Jadoon. Clarence, why don't you go first on this? Whatever they were doing with the effects uh, of the face, I think it's all practical. But whatever they were doing, um, I, I thought it looked really, really top notch and well done. Um, I can't say that the last time I saw them that I didn't think it looked great, but this time, man, it's just something about it. I don't know what they're doing on the tech there. And maybe I'll be practical, but I thought it looked really good. Cool. Lee? Yeah, it's a, it is. It's animatronic. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's a dudes in the suits and then uh, off off stage or off camera, right of camera range, is Nicholas Briggs doing the voice. And then there's some other folks who are manipulating that um, – that amazing mouth and eyes and ears yeah. and all those muscles of his face. So it's a team of people being each of the Jadoon who take their helmets off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which wow. is why it's genius to have them wear helmets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, I just, I was just bowled over by them. I just thought it was colossal. And, and I think one of the things that they rethought since, uh, the last time we saw them is that, um, they made them kind of, um, uh, immobile, you know, that they, they kind of stomp around them and then they'll hit their mark, you know, and, and talk. 
Mojo yeah. going up, up. But they've got them using their, their hands and their bodies as language a lot more now. And, um, this, this poor, um, you know, commander who keeps getting uh, annoyed by the doctor. I mean, she'll shift her weight on her feet, you know, and kind of <laughs> toss her head like, Oh, come on. You know, <laughs> it's just, I, I just thought it was, <laughs> I just loved all the body language of them. And it's, that's not something they'd really explored before. So what fun. And, and correct me if I'm ro- wrong here, but they never used the English language before. Did they? Right. Uh, so, um, no, I, I don't think they did because you you heard David Tennant's doctor doing the mojo mo 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 fojo, you know. Now they turned up on Sarah Jane Adventures too, right? So, and they may have, but I don't remember. Yeah. But in Doctor Who proper, maybe. Right. I I don't I don't I, I don't think so. And I I there were points in watching this. I've only seen it once uh, that where I was thinking, are we are we have we broken the rules here or do we, <laughs> I don't, uh, never mind. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't care that much. So we see the, the Jadoon, they are back on earth, not on the moon in a lagoon. And they are on earth looking for a fugitive. So we start out the story where you are introduced to Ruth Clayton and her friend, Lee Clayton. So, Obviously, these two are married. What were your initial thoughts of Lee? Lee? I love this casting. There's something about this actor's face, and, and he knows it. He knows how to use it. That just seems shifty. Yeah. You, every time the camera cut to him, you're like, you, in the audience, you're thinking, what, what is he? He looks like he's looking for the next exit. You know what? Well, how do you? <laughs> I don't know. I love that. All right. Clarence, what were your initial thoughts of Lee? The character um i don't know if i had any in particular i mean i thought his performance was was great um but i do like all the stuff surrounding him um with um he and alan and, <laughs> and ruth and uh the the thing they had going there before we you know get the revelation of who they really are but you know he's just uh, presumably just a companion there with um this person yeah <laughs> yep so Initial thoughts of Ruth just in the first, you know, scenes that we see her. Just what was your first impression of Ruth? And Clarence, why don't you go first on this one? What was your first impression of Ruth? So, so you, well, first off, we mentioned that there was no pocket watch in this episode, but the episode opens with a zoom in on a normal watch mm-hmm. and we see the time going by. So a little, you know, kind of alluding what might happen <laughs> later in the episode That's now right. that we know. So I thought that was pretty cool on second watching. As far as Ruth Clayton, she seems like a good, honest, hardworking woman, you know, that loves her job is a very much a people person. Um, seems like she's in a great relationship with her husband, although there's, uh, Alan, all ears Alan, who's always trying to hit on her. Um, uh, yeah. So she seems like she's having, she has a good life overall. You know, mm. I liked her <laughs> before mm. we even get into what else we know about her later, but I, I liked her. All right. Lee, what say you? I, I, it's, it's really good writing because we feel a sort of tension in this relationship because it's her birthday and she knows we can tell she knows that he's forgotten about it. Um, and she's right. 
Now he's got bigger things on his mind <laughs> to be, yeah. to be fair, but, um, but he's going to get her a cake. He actually is going to get her a cake and that's going to be important later. But, uh, then she goes off to her job and it's real important when you're introducing a character like this, if we're going to spend any time with them later to, to get the audience on their side. And one of the ways to do that is to show them having a hard time that yes. our, our, our sympathy goes out to them. And if you've ever done leafleting like that, oh. it's, it is thankless stuff, man. It's, mm-hmm. um, I've done that just enough to know I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> and, um, and, and what's, and the, to make it, uh, to add insult to injury, the service that she's hawking is herself, is literally yeah. her. Follow me yeah. and I'll take you through, you know, <laughs> Gloucester Cathedral and we'll, you know, no, no, <laughs> maybe, maybe later. Mm-hmm. I'll think about it. Harry uh, Potter. It's, oh, yeah. that had to be <laughs> oh, frustrating. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh this oh. is King Henry and the, yeah. the Harry Potter, the woman perks up. What? (laughs) And that's, and that's true all over Britain. I can tell you, (laughs) it's like they shot Harry Potter here. Oh, now I'm interested. (laughs) You know, what was really interesting to me with her specifically was when I'm watching those scenes, especially of her going and walking to her job at the very beginning, I'm sitting here thinking in my head or hearing in my head, kind of remembering our conversation last week that we had with Nicole referring back to the RTD era where you did such a brilliant job of introducing these throwaway, you know, characters and fleshing them out. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're really doing a good job this week with this character. And and it's kind of like what you said, Lee, when you get to the point to where you're, you're sympathizing or empathizing however whichever one it you know Mm -hmm. may be and you're like feeling something like oh well you know it's her birthday and nobody's paying attention to her so so you had that liking of this character from the very beginning so my question then becomes we see that there is a fugitive and we are by the way they are portraying it we are at least i'm under the assumption that it is the husband that has something to hide. Did you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I thought there was no question. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a great bit, bit of just uh, kind of leading us down our own path there. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought that what was, what was great about this, as it turns out, is that it feels like a misdirection, but the truth is they are after him. They're just yeah. after her, too. Yeah, that's true. That's we true. weren't expecting yeah. that. Yeah. She wasn't expecting. Correct. You know, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of going through each stage of the story because I want to not gloss over anything, but mm. there's really one big point of the story. So why don't we just go ahead and get to it? So we see that Ruth is obviously something else in the cathedral when she has an instinct that kicks in when she begins fighting the Jadoon. So mm-hmm. I specifically don't want to get to the lighthouse yet. So let's talk about when they're in the church and the doctor kind of stands up to the Jadoon and talks about it being a house of worship. So what was your mm-hmm. impression of the doctor, the 13th doctor, as she is talking to the Jadoon and this interaction that she's having. So what were your thoughts with that? 
I, I made a note of that line because it's something that I've been intrigued by throughout the new series is that the show is so uh, a religious, if not anti-religious, but this, but there is this deep and abiding love always that the doctor has for churches for the, for the building. But mm. what she says is this is a place of worship. Show some respect. And, and I think that's, that's very, that's very interesting to me that it's, it's a sophisticated relationship with religion and practice. Um, and the, the, the ninth doctor tells everybody that they're going to be safe in Father's Day as long as they stay inside that uh, building and inside the church building, because, um, the older something is, the more powerful it is. And, and, you know, parts of, uh, Gloucester Cathedral are a thousand years old, but that's, but that's not what she's talking about here. She, she tells them, look, you, <laughs> you're in a church. So behave yourself. Mm. I just, I just think that's very interesting. And it's been consistent throughout. It's, I, I don't know. So we see that, you know, Ruth, she has this memory or this training or these instincts that kick in. At this point, what were you guys thinking about Ruth at this point? And Clarence, won't you take this first? Any thoughts on Ruth at this point? <clears throat> it's hard to say now that I know <laughs> what happens. Um, at this point, I'm really still puzzled. Um, obviously when she gets the text message from, from Lee, follow the light, break the glass. And she has the quick vision without getting into the lighthouse specifically. She has a vision of the lighthouse. So that instantly lets you know something. There's something subconsciously different, different about her. Uh, now we might not know that's going to be a time Lord, but we do know something indifferent about her and she's hiding something whether, you know, intentionally or sub subconsciously. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely thought that something big was coming, but what we actually got out of that, I had no idea. No idea. All right. Lee, any thoughts on uh, Ruth at this particular point? When you say this point, you mean... Um, we're in the we're cathedral. So, we're in the cathedral? Yes. Well, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, as we're recording it this week and this episode aired this week, uh, I'm guessing that all of the three of us, at least, had also just watched the first episode of Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was confused. <laughs> so I said, Didn't I just see this? <laughs> Is, <laughs> wait a minute. I. What am I watching here? So I was distracted yeah. by that. The, she, this is just going to have anything to do with data, is it? <laughs> what, uh, I, I'm a painting, you know, exactly. <laughs> painting, painting of Ruth. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah, um, but yeah, it, it certainly points the way towards something very extraordinary, being a, a truth about her. And I had no guesses as to what it was going to be. Okay. There's definitely echoes of human nature here, mm -hmm. uh, but the big difference is we know who the doctor is in human nature, and this time we had we're just a, you know uh, our eyes are covered, uh, and you know we'll we'll get into it, but uh, we definitely seen this something very similar to this in the past. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed, and you know this is one of the reasons that I specifically wanted to conclude our conversation about Jack early on in our conversation. And the reason for that was 
I think this was one of the brilliant things that they did in this episode. We got Jack back and that felt like this is the big thing of the episode. And so you kind of, at least I did, my brain kind of like, oh, here's my emotional buzz that I'm going to get. So everything is kind of downhill from there. This We're going to get a typical resolution, blah, 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 jigadoon, go mm-hmm. away. We've got our Jack back and whoop-de-doo. So yep. the best I might could have hoped for was, oh, well, is the doctor going to see Jack? Oh, no, she's not. Oh, well, he'll be coming back. Then you kind of let your guard down. We're in the down downward slide from here. Little <laughs> did we know that the lighthouse would be literally shedding some light on some things. <laughs> Little did we know. Little did we know. I just want to ask in general, did either of you have any thoughts about the conversation in the car before we actually get to the lighthouse? Mm, nothing other than, again, Lee just mentioned Picard, you know, is very similar. And you have this whole backstory that isn't true, that but that's what she believes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so I, I found yeah. that interesting if we we're comparing it that way. But <laughs> but nothing yeah. in particular from that whole car ride that, that really just jumps out at me. Mm. It didn't really stand out to me the first couple of times I watched it. But the more I watch it, knowing what I know now, it, it it just seems like it's a little bit different every time because I'm trying to look at her and say, okay, do I see you? Are you? Do I see you? Et cetera, and so forth. But mm-hmm. when they got to the lighthouse, that there was a close-up that they did of Ruth, and she, and it may have been me, and if you guys disagree with me, please let me know, but I felt that Ruth gave off off this very sinister vibe as they're first walking into the lighthouse and they show a close up of her with her uh, necklace on and it has an R on it, of course, for Ruth. At this point, I was convinced that Ruth was the Ronnie. (laughs) I was hands down. That was what I was saying in my head. Oh, the Ronnie, you know, they brought back the master. This is the Ronnie. She's about to uh turn on the doctor that's who she is etc and so forth mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but 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 again you just don't know you just don't know the doctor says let me look around and she says i'm a bill of fire and they kind of zoom in on her eyes <laughs> in a very uh, i agree with you sinister looking uh pose and again you just have no idea at this point what's going on so the doctor goes to the top of the lighthouse, kind of looks around, and we see this lone grave site or this grave and our headstone. So she goes out and starts digging at the headstone. Meanwhile, <laughs> as one does, as right? one does, yes. <laughs> when you see, <laughs> right? If if a, if a stone in the cemetery puzzles you. Start digging. <laughs> well, of See what kind of response you get there. Of course, people. you know, point <laughs> yeah. the sonic screwdriver as you often do and well, then right. start that's digging. Good. But yeah. meanwhile, we see Ruth who actually goes and breaks the glass. So curious to know what you guys thought of a, the special effects with breaking the glass and B, when the doctor starts digging and uncovers what she uncovers. So 
Lee, why don't you take this one first? What did you think of the special effects when you break the glass and what she finds? Hmm. Um, yeah, it makes me wish that I had, had seen it, watched it more than once because I, I was too busy, um, opening and closing my mouth like a, like a guppy. <laughs> it's just, um, it's a splendid effect and I always enjoy, you know, what that looks like, but, uh, um, <laughs> and, and then she changes clothes, which yeah, again, as one does, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, wherever you get, right? I get you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she's been saving that for a very special occasion. And why the TARDIS is buried is something maybe we'll talk about later, or maybe we won't. I don't know. But that's just marvelous. That that slow reveal of the uh, public call box sign as the doctor's digging. And then just when it can't get any weirder, she turns and sees the doctor. Yep. So, Clarence, what were your thoughts? Um, everything Lee said. And I'll just point out, just I thought the particular editing there, where they were cutting back and forth with the doctor, you know, discovering, well, Jodie Whittaker's doctor discovering what's going <laughs> on. And then digging and back to Ruth, who, uh, you know, looks through the wardrobe and grabs the gun. I think the editing back and forth, I just thought that was really, really, really well done up until the reveal. So I, I thought that was all really well done. Um, loving roots get up. Uh, I think that's very befitting of a doctor, <laughs> but, but yeah, just, uh, I, I, I love the reveal that attention and the build up to the actual, what we actually get by the end of the, that scene is just, just, uh, great. Yep. This was my brain melting at the mm-hmm. moment because whenever I see the, you know, she's uncovered the TARDIS, I'm hearing myself in our speculation episode, I think, where I say, don't F with continuity. Yep, you did. I did say yeah. that. And they're Fing, I think, with uh, <laughs> continuity. But you know what? They did this so brilliantly that you made me fall in love with Ruth as a character. And then whenever I find her as the doctor and just within seconds, it's like, I, I, I don't know. My brain was like feeling bad that I'm liking her because it made me actually like Jodie Whittaker better. Believe yeah, it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, I- because it was like I was protective of her for a second but at the same time it was like i was torn between two doctors because it was like i want to know so much more about you doctor Mm -hmm. but 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 doctor i'm not forgetting about you doctor (laughs) yeah Yeah. no i i I would liken it to um when uh when ruth is uh, in on the steps of the cathedral trying to get people to uh, sign up for her tour that uh, your heart goes out to people who are trying to do something that's good and they're having a hard time with it. So now, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the people are calling a, a, <laughs> our doctor, calling her the little, you know, little woman and so on. And she's being pushed to the side. And yeah, I, I'm like, hey, 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 that's the yeah. doctor. Come on. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I am. I'm, I'm like totally watching again while you guys are talking. And I was totally like watching the doctor and the doctor. So it was like I totally he doesn't zoned. Listen to us. He just he doesn't, it's yeah, the he doctors. doesn't listen to a word we say. <laughs> it's the doctors. Let me ask you guys about the interior of this doctor's TARDIS. Oh boy. 
Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Thoughts. Well, it's the first first Doctor Stardust, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it it's a it's a, a slicker version of it, um, but only in some 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 small details. But in terms of its overall look and its general layout, the uh, you know the distance from the console to the door, <laughs> um, yeah. it, it's not just the you know the 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 white TARDIS that we saw for most of the uh, original series. It's it's specifically the first Doctor's TARDIS, mm-hmm. and it, it does point the way towards that rumor that we had heard that maybe we're going to establish that there was a Doctor before what we've called the first Doctor. Okay, Clarence, what what say you? What do you think about this new TARDIS or old TARDIS? <laughs> well, well, going back to to Star Trek, um, the Star Trek Discovery in particular, what they did to the Enterprise, which you know many people say is the bastardized version of what they did to Enterprise, mm-hmm. which I quite liked it, but I think this is the equivalent here of what they're doing with the TARDIS. Could they have went with what we know? I mean, for goodness sake, we saw it a few seasons back with um, with uh, Clara um, yeah, and her TARDIS. It's an adventure in space and time, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like it. But again, like if we're going back further, but who's to say it didn't look different back then? Um, I think more so in my head is just like the whole um, messing with the canon and how this is going to play into canon um, that we have to deal with. And, and maybe that's a good thing for the fandom. It gives us something positive to talk about, even though some people might be mad about it. It's just something interesting to talk about around Doctor Who um, going forward for the rest of the season. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I liked it. All right. So I want to ask Lee a question, and it's specifically in your writer brain, Lee. So, mm-hmm. you know, take yourself out of fandom for a moment and look at it from – a writer's perspective, you've got 56 years of continuity and you've got 12 doctors and you know, you can keep going, et cetera, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a wise idea to rock the canon to this degree? Or do you think you have to do that to keep it fresh? Uh- I don't, I don't like it. Instinctively, I don't like it. But, but yeah, if you're asking me as a writer, if we're going to pretend like I've got something to do with the show, I would be really tempted with, let's shake things up. I would be really tempted by that. See, for me, I, I, I'm kind of the same way about, you know, as the fan, don't, but then you yeah. do have the, the feeling of where do I put my mark on it? But how do I not tell the same stories that have been told? over and over and over again. But on the flip of that, where I think this worked, if they would have just made the revelation and she would have read it in a book or they would have seen a glimpse of a face that you really couldn't see and said, you had X number of regenerations before the first doctor, the Hartnell doctor, and Mm -hmm. they were... You know, some men, some women, whatever, but you don't really know anything about them. I think that I would probably be like, Oh, how are they, how dare they do this? They're messing with continuity, but they oh. gave me a doctor I could look at and kind of attach to. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 maybe I mean, I have theories on where I think the story is going. 
I mean, maybe just maybe there's a reason why we don't know there are other doctors. Cool, because I wanted to get into do we have theories? So what are your theories? So, so in particular, we know that the master got a revelation that something in the um, Gallifreyan past has been kept from them. And that's the reason, you know, he kind of gave for destroying everything. Mm-hmm. So in what we see from this episode, we have a view of a doctor in going into hiding because the Gallifreyans are after her for some reason. So I'm thinking maybe it's the Gallifreyan empire is like an oppressive regime or something at this point. And um, again, the doctor's on a run and we get to a certain point where some event happens and everybody's memory gets wiped. And basically the society is reset in some sense. That, I don't know how good that is, but that's kind of, no, but that's, that, that's sort of what I've been thinking too, just because we're hoping this is going to tie back to um, what the master had dropped on the doctor before. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's really the only way I can tie all that up. I, d- I don't want her to be uh, the doctor from a parallel dimension. <laughs> I, I think that's cheating. Yeah. And I toyed with the idea that maybe we're misunderstanding the chameleon arch, that this is somebody who has been, that it's, it goes in the opposite direction by breaking the the glass. She's now been convinced that she is a time lord when she actually isn't. As opposed to the other way around. Hmm. So, h- however, that doesn't explain why she uh, also uh, uh, kicks ass like a ninja. So, there's, <laughs> I, it's it's got flaws in it. And anyway, that's a little too much like the next Doctor. And I would hope that we weren't gonna that we wouldn't um, do that again. Yeah, you know, somebody who thinks they're the Doctor. Uh, you know, we did that. Yeah, um, yeah. But so I, now keep going. So I got nothing. Okay. You know, another clue that she is the doctor is they have that moment to where they're both reciting their brains. You know, their brains mm-hmm. are kind of syncing up at the same time. Yeah. And that, to me, if you were a parallel version of the doctor, you couldn't sync up like that. Yeah. You know. Because they, they both step away and say, same brain. Same brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> And I did love the her looking when she goes, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> All rainbows in the trousers that don't reach. Yes. Yeah. That was when, as much as I've been complaining about this costume, I'm like, leave her alone. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> exactly. Oh, now you're a defender. Right? Now I'm exactly. going to defend yeah. her. It's all, it's all perspective. <laughs> so what do you guys think of the portrayal of this version of the doctor just you know every doctor is different what did you think of this version of the doctor now that we're not calling her ruth we're calling her the doctor what do you think of her it's to me I, i was appreciating the performance of this actor because she gets to play two characters yeah and ruth is uncertain and bewildered and a little shy and you know and then but then uh, as the doctor bam she knows what she's about and she's super she's the smartest person in the room and takes charge and is trying to think 10 steps ahead of everybody else she's the doctor yeah Claire, and I, what say you it's fantastic yeah uh, it just 
to me, it jumped. It made me think more about the difference in Jodie Whittaker's portrayal versus most other portrayals of the doctor. I, I feel like Ruth Doctor, her, her portrayal was maybe more in line of what I may be expecting. Uh, not in look, but in tone and cadence and delivery. Now, we, she didn't have any a huge amount of techno babble to, to, to reel off in this episode. <laughs> uh, but just her delivery, her cadence, her confidence uh, made me really believe. <laughs> yeah. She she had the presence, the, you know, that she had that. And, and again, nothing to, to you know, I'm still being protective now of, of 13th Doctor now, but she just so had that presence. She had that look. And I, I read something that someone by the name of Ryan Price Stevens put on Twitter, and I think it sums it up best. And we've not even breached the point of how historic her doctor is. And I'm breaching it and speaking of it in this Twitter that I, uh, tweet that I'm about to read. It says, Joe Martin as the doctor, which, which incarnation exactly remains to be seen? And if she's even a canonical doctor at all, all we know is she's the first black doctor. And in mere minutes, she has owned the part. Hashtag Doctor Who. (laughs) Yeah, I I love the fact that, you know, now you've got this other version of the doctor that another subset of the fandom can now relate to. And you've got all these, you're, you're talking about your daughter, Clarence, of, you know, you mentioned her earlier. This is a character that she could be, if she wants, she could be any of them for that matter. But yeah. you should get my point though, that I'm going yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I have to say, like, I'm so thankful that, you know, not just for this doctor, but I, I, I think Doctor Who in large part over the years has, especially more recently, has, uh, took an aim to be more diverse. And I can look at, this doctor now and it didn't even really jump out at me you know that oh oh black doctor. you know they've been making so many strides to be you know have a woman in the doctor's position and be more diverse all around with the companions and, and as a whole and uh i just felt like when it this point came it really just never jumped out at me like oh it's a black doctor you know like oh it's a cool doctor <laughs> yes yes so, right. so just just that's what we should do, do right? Yeah. <laughs> we should say, yeah. yeah, she's awesome. I don't care what she looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, just, just good on the show for the take this rise they've taken over the years. The word now is just like you know, another cool actor coming in and doing a great job. <laughs> do we think that this is in the past? Are we pretty confident that this person, the Doctor, yes, the Doctor, no, but we definitely know Time Lord. Do we think? This person is from the past. Are we pretty sure at this point of our understanding? <sighs> so <laughs> the the doctor explains to Commander Gat, the carries a gun, Commander Gat, uh, that um, that she is from the future because the Gallifrey they know doesn't exist anymore. Um, so I would I would assume, but they could be throwing some you know subterfuge at us on that. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking she's from the past, and you know we're the we're in the doctor we have now is her future so that's kind of where i'm at on that okay uh, all right lee what say you we're we're taking the doctor's word for it the 13th doctor we 
but obviously she's trying to catch up and figure all of this out. And when she gets back to her own TARDIS, she's, she admits to everybody, she, she doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, her, her logic that about Gallifrey to me seems like it has a number of, of problems. Uh, Gallifrey has been inside a temporal bubble. And it seems to me like that changes the rules a lot because it was for all, to all appearances destroyed at the end of the time war. Then we found out that's not what happened. <laughs> so she says that she's seen Calvary destroyed twice. And she says this time it's forever. And my, so my first thought is, well, that's what they said the last time. I don't, the plan uh, is still there. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where do you get forever from? I don't, um, I don't, yeah. Hmm. So I have another piece of information from the story that makes me think this is pre-Hartnell, Doctor. This is the ancient days of Gallifrey. I don't know how ancient the days of Gallifrey that this may be. But when they, when the Doctor tells the Doctor, meaning Ruth Doctor tells 13th Doctor, you know, don't tell them who you are. You know, you just be quiet and, you know, just you know, be in the background. And then the doctor, of course, doesn't do what the doctor says and says, hey, I'm the doctor and et cetera and so forth. Then it's like, oh, no, this couldn't be. And then Gat says, you know, two of the two of the same time lords cannot occupy the same time stream at the same time. It's an abomination. They destroyed the time streams before you get anywhere near Gallifrey. So this, to me, says this is before they've even given or about the same time or in the early days of the first law of time, because it's not it. The time streams are volatile that you can't have the time lord saying, oh, well, we're going to make a dispensation because it's the three doctors and they need all three of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah what, what we've seen uh, starting from, you know. The three doctors, I guess, and onward is that, um, the doctor can't cross his or her on timeline except when they do. <laughs> so exactly. And, and, and even in the day of the doctor, it's not that, you know, time is going to collapse. It's more our timelines are out of sync. You can't retain it. You're right. I, I think it's in the past. And as much as I was not wanting them to mess with continuity, I love this doctor. So. Yeah, and, and 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 maybe a bigger question is who's the contractee? Mm-hmm. Mm. That question was raised, and and remember too that if if Lee is somebody who is also a time lord, right? Yeah, he knew what was going on. Mm. So if he's got a a fob watch, if you will, somewhere, <laughs> he's already. Uh, dead uh, transformed yeah well I mean, he, he's dead now but what he <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah ruth ruth didn't know didn't remember who she was he apparently did remember who he was mm. see I'm, but he still got the the, the biofilter that even the the doctor couldn't read through so, so was <laughs> so was his biofilter the um metal or was that the doctor's medal? Because I'm 50-50 on whether or not he was simply a companion 
or whether or not he was an actual time lord. Hmm. And the only reason I say that is um, when Get kills him, she says faithful companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought she she meant it. Well, and, and surely we're being directed to think that she meant of hers that That's they right. had fought that they had fought side by side together. She, I thought she said as much. But mm. interesting, interesting. I think it would be very interesting if this was a a doctor from way, way, way before the first doctor, and that we are in you know the age of Rassilon or whatever uh, on Gallifrey. And we may well be. But yeah, so. Mm. So let me ask this question. Do either of you have any other things before we get into our favorite quote? I'm worn out. <laughs> All right, Clarence, what about you? Uh, don't think so, man. All right, so I do have a couple of hints that they gave us throughout the story when you go back and watch it. One of the, of course, Clarence, you brought up the watch at the very beginning. That was, you know, kind of a hint there. The mirror that she looks at at the beginning before she goes out to work is shaped like one of the octagonal or whatever panels that are in the TARDIS. <laughs> and um, I think several of their things in their house are there were several blue, whether it was plates or whether it was, you know, s- arrangements or something. There was a lot of blue, I think, accents in their house. And the other thing was on the thing that she breaks, the, you know, break um, the little fire thing or whatever. If you look around the side of it, it there's Gallifreyan symbols on the thing that she broke with her elbow. Ah. So. And of course, the TARDIS that was buried. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like a big, that. yeah, that's a big one. All <laughs> right. So favorite scene. What would you say your favorite scene is, Clarence Brown? Hmm. Um, anything with Jack in it. <laughs> uh, I have to say, like, when we hear Jack's voice before we see him and at that moment we know. Uh, that, that, uh, Graham is in for it. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I love, I love anything with Jack in this episode and all of his scenes are my favorite scenes. Awesome. Awesome. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Well, there's so much to love in this episode, but I, I know it's corny. I know it had been sneaked for us in the trailer for the season, but, um, I, I teared up. I got a little choked up when, uh, the doctor is lost and alone. She's never been so lost. And uh, her companions kind of gathered around and said, well, let's we're going to do this together. Whatever's coming for you, we'll be here because we're your mates, not yeah. just mates, we're family. Yeah, that got me. And isn't it interesting that just in the last couple of weeks, we were saying on this very show, this podcast, that they didn't have a connection or that they mm-hmm. really weren't needed. And then we have this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's just dialogue. It's just it doesn't mean that we've we've rounded out who those characters are, but um, but we still feel that it's true. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. I, I yeah I, I I just believed them utterly, and I and I loved the treatment editing again in this in this episode. Just uh, we kept cutting back to uh, the doctor's face, and as as sort of the weight slowly lifts off of her. You could just see it, see it in her face. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, 
in in this scene, there was something that really jumped out at me. Uh, as far as this episode, I think uh, Yaz and Ryan are getting a lot more confident. And in that scene you're describing, and Yaz just turned and said, don't talk to him like that. And I was oh, shocked yes. by that. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite scene would have to be, I mean, and they have to tie, was Jack coming back and the reveal of the doctor, the, 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 the way, you know, talk about the staging again, you know, where she turns around and you, you kind of know she's standing behind her before the doctor turns around. And then I'll lead into favorite quotes. It has to be, hello, I'm the doctor. That's <laughs> hands down my favorite quote. So Clarence, what was your favorite quote? Oh man. <laughs> Oh, I loved all ears at Alan. He was, he was the greatest. <laughs> and when Lee goes to pick up Ruth's birthday cake, uh, the you can do better cake, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan, who apparently does this all the time, uh, asks Lee, uh, you want to take this outside? <laughs> which to which Lee responds, stop asking me every time I come in here for a latte. <laughs> 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 you want to take this outside? <laughs> oh, stop asking me that. Oh. Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh man, I loved Alan. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, he did break some rules. He 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 asked for it. He, yeah. he kind of did. Don't go pushing the alien don't, rhino. Don't push yeah. the. <laughs> don't push the space rhino. That's a. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna make a T-shirt. This is don't push that <laughs> space rhino. Push the space rhino. Quote of the week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, mine mine is uh, is Alan also because, uh, and I appreciate um, our not making all of this about uh, the fact there's a character with with my name on it in the in this show. But um, I love this because uh, Alan's he's got me he's got me pegged. Um, you know my. There is a town um, southwest of London called Shackleford, and I, Karen and I have been there. And that is where my people come from. Nobody there knows me. But wow. um, but Alan says, here's my lead dossier. <laughs> he hardly talks to anyone, cuts his own hair, gets weird books out of the library, claims his family's from around here, but I can't find anyone who knows them. <laughs> yeah, that That's my so favorite weird. line because I thought, wow. <laughs> That's me, all right. <laughs> oh, he's wow. got. See, they said the Lee dossier. They didn't yeah. say which Lee. That's right. So I said, yeah, he's he's got it mixed up. That that was about me. That's about you. <laughs> well, he does hear things. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right, but you know what he does here? He hears final ratings and Lee. <laughs> what was your final rating? One oh, out of I five. Gotta, I got to give this a five out of five. All righty. Clarence Brown. Five out of five, man. Okay. I don't want to break precedent here. Five out of five. Absolutely yeah. five out of five. I have not had so much fun with Doctor Who since I don't know when. This was so much fun. We, you know, we, we kind of hinted around this. I, I, I didn't want to leave without talking about the fan service in this episode that we know that Jodie Whittaker has a, a special relationship with David Tennant. And if you know the backstory about Jadoon platoon upon the moon is that the tenant was being kind of, um, kind of teased by, uh, the director, by the showrunners there, because he was actually having trouble saying that line. So they made really? him say Jadoon platoon upon the moon in Smith and Jones. So, so Jody, she gets to do it twice. She says a platoon of Jadoon near the moon. 
And then later on, it's look at you and your platoon of Jadoon <laughs> near that the lagoon. lagoon. <laughs> it's more of a canal, really. <laughs> yeah, that's a great lie, too. Such a great lie. Anyway. Uh, but but you know what I, I think I love best about this is it restores the must-watch ability of Doctor Who. Because I think a lot of people were feeling like Doctor Who had lost its, its must-watchability. And you gave two huge cannon-shattering Jack Returns hidden Doctor moments in one episode. And that just, to me, makes the next episode a much watch, you know, because you don't know what's happening. And to the BBC, for not revealing all of this stuff the way they had been prone to doing in years past, I think that makes it so much better when you are like Clarence, your eyes are melting and your brain's melting <laughs> because you can't believe what you're watching, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I wonder what it says about us as fans that the things that resonate with us the most are ties to things we have loved the most. You know, uh, last season they tried to do something totally different, no connections to the past, really, all original news stories, uh, new um, enemies. But, man, there's something about that connection to the past, even if it's just the slightest. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I've been pondering that, too. And, you know, it's it's like the the joke about star Wars fans. And I think yeah. it is probably true of a lot of other genres that, you know, the star Wars joke is we want it to be like it was before. No, not <laughs> like that. We want something different. No, we want it like it was before. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. You can't win. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated the fact that they were trying something completely different last season, but whew, boy, Captain yeah. Jack and the Jadoon. Okay, well now, yeah. now we're back in yeah. safe territory. Mm. So, yeah. Well, Tibno is he's he's um, man, he's on his game this season. I have to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. makes me totally excited to go into next season or next week or next episode or whatever you want to call it. Um, okay. I do want to mention one thing real quick before we do our closing. Joe Martin, I want to know what other things she's been in. I want to watch other things because in one episode she has made me a fan and, uh, oh, I, I want to see more of her doctor. And my question is to you guys before we do our closing, do you guys think we will see this doctor again? Is this a given that we'll oh, see her yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah, right. especially when the last lines are "Get off my ship." We're gonna see her again. Cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah. We, we right. pointed a whole set for us. So. <laughs> true, 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 true. All right, so Clarence Brown, let's do our closing. Where else might you be found on the internet? Uh, I may therefore be found at. <laughs> I, I, I follow us on our Facebook group. You can find that by going to. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups and searching for Discussing Network. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Uh, because I'm a broken record, I'm going to say, hey, check out uh, RelativityPodcast.com, uh, the home, the official website of my uh, bizarre, increasingly weird audio drama serial. Right now I'm editing an episode that strongly features Kyle Jones. Yeah, I find uh, that really interesting that you don't call your show bizarre and increasingly weird until you uh, present a character that I'm portraying. I right. thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess you're right. I guess so. <laughs> but it is so much fun to be a part of that. So again, relativitypodcast.com. And if you would like to meet us in April and you are in the Seattle, Washington era, era, whatever, where, wherever you live, <laughs> if it's in Seattle, region, Washington, region, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you can go to and find out more about the event that we'll be at. So wifi site high dot org dot org. Yes. O-R-G. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for the plug. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Let us know what you thought of the Jadoon platoon on the moon with a brand new version of the doctor. And guess what? We will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?